We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcast sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with RotoWire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, good to be back with you. I'm just coming off some time off. Uh, enjoyed that. How are you, man? By the way, thanks for handling a uh, main event fab for us last weekend. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, we're now clutch. we're now the proud stashers of Andres Jimenez, who was <laughs> oh, our or- original fifth round target. Um, so. <laughs> Look out! Look out for that. Oh, Tani's doing his best to carry us, but uh, I don't know if that team's going to be able to get over the hump. We're going to keep our foot on the gas pedal, though, and hopefully, hopefully, get over that hump. I uh, I drove up to Minneapolis, enjoyed some time off. I'm a fan of bad movies, James, and I saw one of the best bad movies I've ever seen. Uh, Money Plane. Oh man! A, a casino high stakes casino heist in the sky, though. Um, nice. <laughs> starring Kelsey Grammer. Apparently, is. Kelsey Grammer was on set for like an hour. I was reading a little about it. <laughs> he was just mailing it in completely. Nice. When you think Kelsey Grammer, you think Mob Boss, right? Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I enjoyed uh, enjoy some bad movies every now and then. Of course, we will be uh, picking our latest walk-up songs, but you kind of had in mind just a mailbag day for today, right? Yeah, I think next week will probably be the big draft preview show. And then uh, this week, I just figured this would be a nice way to just answer a lot of questions in a short amount of time. Yeah, well, we got a ton here. And so we'll uh, get uh, get going here shortly and try to get through all of them. I think we should be able to, but it may be... Uh... Maybe pushing it a little bit. By the way, how did your thing go with uh, Prospects Live last weekend, drafting for the Brewers? Oh, man, that was uh, – couldn't have gone much better, man. That was such a good time, and uh, those guys obviously do a fantastic job. I I was between Gavin Williams and Peyton Stovall at number 15, 
Uh, Gavin Williams is uh, one of my favorite pitchers in the class out of East Carolina. And Stovall is probably my fourth favorite high school hitter in the class. And uh, Williams was the guy that I went with at 15. And then Stovall was there at 33. So I got the, the top two guys I was eyeing up at 15 with my first two picks. And uh, got Robert Gasser, an interesting lefty, uh, with my last pick. So uh, couldn't have gotten much better. Nice. You were playing it pretty close to the vest last week, and I'm glad you got the guys you wanted. Uh, you, you didn't tip your hand, and I yeah, think you can go back and can check that out on YouTube, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I've already watched most of it. Um, I was kind of going back and forth between that and the Bucks game at the time, but um, yeah, I mean, that those guys did a great job. Uh, Joe okay, Doyle. Check that out and see kind of how it well, I need to, for one, get more familiar with this upcoming draft class, but also, you know, once the draft's actually in the books, maybe seeing how things compare. And just seeing the video that they take. They have their own video of a lot of these prospects. and Yeah, know, I mean, they they, they, those guys like uh, Joe Doyle, Jeff Ponce, uh, Matt Thompson, all those guys, like they, they've got more video than I think like MLB.com does on these guys yeah. and certainly more video than ESPN does. And, uh, they, those sites come to them and, and use that video because they, you know, they've got, they got some of the best video out the there. So. Yeah. They got boots yeah. on the ground getting that footage themselves. And yeah, they do tremendous work and hopefully people don't jack their videos, you know, steal them. Yeah. I saw, uh, I saw somebody did that yeah, uh, recently. That's, that's pretty weak. Yeah, because again, those guys actually are putting in the the man hours, and that's a long, hard road to to get eyes and and yeah, film on all those players. There's a huge difference between jacking someone's video who is at the game filming it themselves versus just taking something from an MILB TV feed yeah. and then tweeting that out. Like everyone has access to that. Uh, you know, the, it's a lot, it's a lot of work, you know, I, like I, I could go to more games than I do and I don't because of how much work it is. And so yeah. if you're, if you're going to take the time uh, to go to those games and I mean, it's, it's like a, it's not only just your, your hours, but I mean, if you're, if you have a significant other, I mean, you're, you're putting uh, your work first and, and you should be credited for that. Yeah, all those guys at Prospects Live, and also our buddy Chris Blessing from Baseball HQ. I mean, those guys just put in a ton of time, and it's a sacrifice to to hit the road and see all those games and see all those players, and they should be uh, definitely credited for their great work. James, let's get into all these questions. we got a ton here. Uh, probably not any room to add more, but if you're watching live, you could chime in. We could try to get to it. Uh, but Cam Anderson wanted a status update on Brennan Davis. What do you got for us? Yeah, man, he's uh, he's struggling at Double A right now. Uh, that can happen, but I, I you know, he's walking a ton and he's striking out like way more than he ever has. Uh, so, you know, obviously, I think he's probably being patient, maybe to maybe to a fault. But uh, you know, for him to be hitting two thirty one with an ISO under a hundred and still be a league average hitter, I mean, that's that's an accomplishment, but. Uh, he's still kind of in that, that tier, that sort of big tier after the, the top, uh, like four or five guys. Uh, 
but he would be a little bit lower in that tier. Um, if I was updating the rankings today, he'd probably be more around like 10, 11, 12, something like that. And then Cam also uh, wanted to know which team's draft tastes align uh, with yours and, uh, and or which team's draft taste run against what you typically like. So that's kind of more of a general question for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my, my general draft taste is that I'm looking for uh, guys that can be two way players on, on offense. Like I don't, I don't like taking guys who are probably going to end up at DH or left field. Uh, I want ideally guys that could play somewhere up the middle and then have a chance to provide value with the bat. Uh, and I don't, I don't like taking low upside college hitters. I mean, I think the draft is, is a chance to, to really go hunting for some high upside players and, uh, you should be able to develop, you know, your utility players and your low level starters without using high draft pick capital on those guys. And then I, I also, I like taking prep arms at a certain point, but I wouldn't be a team that was ever taking a prep arm in the first round. And I certainly wouldn't be taking a prep catcher in the first round. So that, those are kind of my general tastes. Um, and I think like the, the diamondbacks, the like Cleveland the Padres, the Rays, the blue Jays, those are five teams that came to mind that I really kind of been in lockstep with, with how they approach the draft. And I typically, uh, maybe I don't love each guy they go after, but they go after the type of guys that I would be going after. Um, you know, the teams that don't do things the way I would do them, it's, it's tough because it changes so much. It changes from draft to draft, like what a team might be doing or who might be running the show and in terms of uh, the draft board and everything for that team. But uh, like, I, I don't, I don't generally love what the White Sox do. Um, like taking Jared Kelly where they did last year, like I wouldn't have wanted any part of that. Uh, I mean, the Orioles, I think, uh, you know, just, just in last year's draft, probably not what I would have done. I wouldn't have used the number two pick on, on Kierstad. Um, obviously it's sad the way things have unfolded with him just medically, but, uh, I mean, I think Austin Martin's there. You got to take Austin Martin there. And then I know that they saved money and signed a bunch of solid guys after Kierstad, but, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a team that's going out of my way to pass on the best player available just to try to get these deals done. Like I would want to do everything I could to kind of get the guy that could be a four, five, six win player annually, and then try to fill in around that guy. Um, so, you know, those, those are a few examples. Nice. Yeah, it's. I get that you kind of want to have. Uh, maybe you want to spread some of that signing bonus money around and have a better class than just uh, a top guy at the head of that, that grouping of draftees. But I'm with you. Like it seems like it's like five D chess, like overthinking it a little bit. You just want to get, get the best player, get them locked up and uh, yeah, passing on more talented players so that you can maybe sign somebody else uh, over slot a little later. just seems like the, the wrong well, way to go. And, 
I mean, I think it, it makes sense if he, if the guy that you're signing for less is actually your top guy. Like, I think that sure. that was, sure. that was like the case when like the Astros went under slot to get Carlos Correa. I think they did that because Carlos Correa was basically the guy they wanted or, or one of the guys that they had in that tier. Um, and maybe that was the case with, with Kierstad. Like maybe he was the, the top guy for them. Um, but I, just in general, like I'm not taking a lesser player that I a guy that I think is definitely a lesser player, um, just to save money. Absolutely, Dan Corrado, longtime friend of the show. Uh, he's likely to have the first overall pick in his first year player draft. He wants to know if there are any international guys who will be obvious high picks next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, Roderick Arias is a. Uh, middle infield there who the Yankees are going to sign. And uh, he's probably going to be in my top 10 for first year player draft rankings, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't take him over. Uh, I wouldn't take him over uh, Khalil Watson. I wouldn't take him over Marcelo Meyer. So, I mean, if you, if you have a top two pick, I would be keeping it within the the draft. I think, Roderick Arias and Jordan Lawler is, is pretty close. Um, so at, at pick three, I think you could maybe think about it, but uh, it's not a great year to have the number one pick or the number two pick, but I think Khalil Watson and Marcelo Mayer is, is that's, that's where you got to go. If you have one of those picks, Chris Valencia was also asking about the uh, first year player draft rankings for next year. Uh, when will they be out? I know you have a ton you're working on already, but do you have an idea when those will be out and how would you rank the top shortstops and pitchers and if any international guys will be worth a top 10 first-year player draft pick? Yeah, so at this stage, Arias would be a top 10 guy on the international side. Uh, I rank the shortstops, uh, Khalil Watson, Marcelo Meyer. It's kind of 1A, 1B. I think Watson's got the higher fantasy ceiling. And so I, I give him the slight edge, uh, but Meyer is probably the safer guy. Uh, Jordan Lawler would be third among the shortstops. Brady House would be fourth. Um, I mean, Henry Davis would, would be in my top five. Uh, Peyton Stovall would be in my top ten. And then the, the Vandy guys, uh, Leiter, Rocker, plus Gavin Williams from East Carolina. Uh, that's, that's probably your top ten right there. Nice. Uh, Simon Martin says Gabriel Moreno's double-A numbers are rage- outrageous for a 21-year-old, and he wants to know how many catchers rank ahead of him, uh, Gabriel Moreno, in Dynasty. Yeah, I, I assumed he was asking, like, in the entire Dynasty universe, so not just prospects. Uh, if we're just talking prospects, you know, Rutschman – and I would, I would still take Francisco Alvarez over Moreno. Moreno's been awesome. I mean, he's an easy. I mean, he's closer to top fifty than top one hundred. So I mean, he might might even be inside the top fifty on the next update. Uh, you know, Will Smith, JT Realmuto, Sal Perez. I'm probably still taking all three of those guys over Moreno. I mean, there's, you know, the, the catching prospects are so. They're so fickle. Uh, it's it's a big adjustment every time you move up a rung, and I think what he's doing at Double A is just really impressive. I mean, one of the, if not the most impressive, one of the most impressive uh, minor league seasons so far this year for any prospect. Uh, 
but you know, I, I think when you're talking about capture, there's a lot to be said for just having that really, really steady guy who's already in the majors who you can count on, count on year in, year out. So I think Will Smith, Real Muto, Sal Perez, I'd still take those three uh, over all the prospects other than Rutschman. I mean, if you're in a full-on rebuild, maybe you take Francisco Alvarez over Perez or something like that. Um, Tyler Soderstrom's an interesting one because he might not be a catcher. Uh, Soderstrom versus Moreno, I think, is is a pretty good debate. And Alvarez is kind of in that mix. I think Alvarez is just a notch above, just given his track record and how dominant he's been. But uh, Moreno definitely a top ten catcher for fan or for dynasty. And um, you know, I can't say enough about how impressive he's been this year. Very nice. Now, Michael Thurlow. Uh, you know, he needs some good vibes out there, James. It's been a rough year for, for him as a Braves fan. Wants you to talk up some Atlanta prospects, if you would, please. <laughs> um, well, Michael, uh, <laughs> Michael Harris has been awesome. Um, you know, I think he's been as, as good as advertised at high A. Uh, he's you know, he's their best prospect at this point. And, um, I don't, I don't have a ton of other positive things to say, uh, that, you know, I was too low on Kyle Muller and Tucker Davidson, and they both have been, uh, over performing my expectations so far this year in the majors, albeit in very small samples. So that's a nice development. Uh, the fact that you got two young pitchers who are showing a little promise at the big league level. Um, we also had a, had a question from uh, Chase Von Bockel about Spencer Strider, who's probably the top pop-up prospect in Atlanta's system. And he's been incredibly impressive. I mean, he's probably the the biggest riser in that system. He's climbed three levels already. Uh, there was a good article about him on fan graphs about a week ago where he was talking about his pitch mix and uh, the advanced analytics that he goes into and, so Strider, I mean, I, I think he's got a shot to be a top 100 prospect by the end of the year. I mean, the fact that he's climbed three levels already, uh, he had Tommy John surgery when he was in college at Clemson. So that's out of the way. And it seems like he's come back uh, better than ever from that. So Strider's a nice guy to keep an eye on if, if you're an Atlanta fan, but Michael Harris is, is definitely the top guy there. And um, you know, Christian Pache and Drew Waters, uh, they're, they're going to be big leaguers. I, you know, I'm, I'm lower on both of them than I've been in on either of them in, in a long time. So, uh, down arrows next to them, big up arrow next to Michael Harris. Yeah. I don't mean to pile on Atlanta fans, but Drew Waters, man, the 682 OPS. I was pretty excited about him a couple of years ago. And he was kind of at the, the same level. He was at AAA, or he had reached that level at least. And then the lost minor league season, that, that may have really hurt him, just not getting those live reps. And uh, it's just weird to see a guy who was already at that level just after two years just kind of uh, still be stuck there when he has quite a bit of talent and, and pedigree. So, uh, yeah, souring on, on Wallace I mean, quite a bit. Sometimes it's just that that next level like um oh it's hard we, we see guys we see guys hit a wall when they get to double a i mean i hope that's not a 
a long lasting thing with like Brennan Davis, but like the, the jump from double A or from high to double A is a huge one. The jump from double A to triple A is a huge one. Um, you, you might be seeing nastier stuff, like the best breaking ball and like the best fastball you see at double A might be better than the best breaking ball and the best fastball you see at triple A. But at AAA, you just have a ton of guys who know how to set you up and know how to take advantage of guys that have weaknesses in their game, and so it, it can be a it can be a rude awakening. And um, yeah, it just hasn't gone well for Waters uh, above AA, and I mean he's still really talented. He's still got a a really high ceiling, and he's he's, he's too young to give up on. But you know, it's still a work in progress there. By the way, I showed this comment, if you're watching us on YouTube or live on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, uh, but it, Matt Thompson chimed in and said, I'm putting it back up, that uh, ESPN's using their video, Prospects Live, this year for the draft. So that's awesome. Congrats to them. Great to see uh, hard work and tremendous work be recognized like that. Uh, at AGE Baseball News wants to know if he should snatch up Jordan Walker and whether we're concerned about Michael Harris and OBP leagues. Well, Walker is the, um, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Like he's, he's not a pop-up guy because he was a, you know, top 300 guy coming into the year, but nobody has shot up more this year, probably than Jordan Walker. Like he's, he's going to be an easy top 50 guy on the next update. And I mean, if you're in, if you're in the mode of just hunting upside and you just kind of want to have the next big thing, I mean, Walker just looks like an absolute stud and he's, you know, it's, it's rare that these big kind of corner guys end up getting into the top 10, top five. It's usually shortstops and center fielders and that type of thing. But uh, Walker's got that type of upside. I mean, he could be, he could be a top 10 prospect by the end of the year and he could be a top, 30 prospect on the next update. So absolutely Walker, if, if he's out there and you're in a shallower league where he's available, uh, definitely jump on that. Uh, Michael Harris, you know, I think people maybe over analyze the, like a guy's walk rate. Um, you know, if you're a 20 year old and you're at high a and you're doing a ton of damage and you're hitting for a really high average and you're not striking out a lot, if you're not walking a lot, you know, maybe it's just like, why, why would Michael Harris be trying to take walks when he's hitting like 320? Um, mm. You know, I, I think people can overanalyze that a little bit uh, at the same time. I mean, he's obviously better in average leagues than OBP leagues. Um, you know, maybe he ends up being like Tim Anderson in the center field. Like that could be his ceiling and like a guy that's that good, is always going to have value even in an OBP league, even if he's not walking a lot. But I mean, I don't think the, the book has been written on Michael Harris in terms of what is his OBP upside is. I think as he gets more reps and as he gets more comfortable, you know, you could see his walk rate uh, spike a little bit, especially if, if he really kind of just becomes a stud, uh, the walk rate's just going to rise by itself because pitchers are going to be kind of wary about giving him stuff to hit. So um, I, you know, he's, he's definitely not as valuable in OVP leagues and average leagues, but I, I don't think you should be worried about him at all. Yeah, he's pretty exciting. Before we move on though, to more of your Twitter questions, let's first throw to a word from our sponsors. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson, answering your Twitter questions today. A mailbag show. John Hollingshed wants to know about Angel Martinez. Uh, any update on him? Yeah, I mean, he's doing it all. Uh, 19-year-old switch hitter at low A, and, I mean, he's walking, he's not striking out a ton. He's hitting for average. He's hitting for power. He's stealing bases. Uh, really can't say enough good things about Martinez. I mean, I think we're probably looking at a season where he spends another couple weeks at low A, spends the second half of the year at high A, that type of thing. And, I mean, he's going to continue to climb. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top 50 guy uh, sooner than later. Artur Dominguez wants to know our thoughts on Edward Cabrera for 2021 and beyond. I don't really have me. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but James, so, I bet you do. I mean, I, I kind of got terrified by his injury situation um, dating back to last summer when uh, he was kind of shut down with an arm injury and then he comes into this year and he's, shut down with a different arm injury, but probably a related arm injury. And so I just, you know, I, I read flag city and I just kind of was like, look, I, I think the wise move is to, to get out. If you can here, if you can still catch him out as a top 100 prospect, I would do it because it, it looks like it's heading in, in the wrong direction. Uh, but you know, he's proven me wrong so far on this, this rehab assignment. He's been awesome. And uh, has built up to six innings. So he's definitely trending up. He would be in the top 100 if I did the update right now, but I wouldn't say that we're out of the woods on the, the arm issue yet. I mean, he's still one of the hardest throwers in the minors and, uh, you know, that coupled with the recent injury track record, those are the two biggest indicators of a guy that might need Tommy John surgery. So, uh, Cabrera is trending up, but I, you know, I, I think this might still be a decent time to, to trade him. Uh, but that, that said, like we could see him in the majors this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he made a big league start this year before six Sanchez makes his next big league start. Where's he at right now? Pensacola double a. So looks like he well, he's, went six innings. Yeah. He's, he's on a rehab assignment though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would, he would be at triple a if, 
if he had like mm. kind of completed that rehab assignment. And then I think maybe, you know, a couple starts, few starts, if he stays healthy, they might just bring him up because I'm, I'm sure they're thinking the same thing I am. Like, you know, who knows when, how much time we have with this guy being healthy. So uh, they've already debuted like five pitching prospects this year in their rotation. So I think I don't see why Edward Cabrera would have to wait too long at AAA. Now, Hose wants to know, that's H-O-Z-E, not another spelling of Hose, wants to know if Baltimore third baseman Toby Welk could be a big riser. Do we have James? Oh, he's muted. I muted myself because someone was drag racing. Um in an, in an adjacent street and it's super humid and I have the windows open. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Toby Welk, you know, I, this one, it's, it's kind of looking, uh, iffy in terms of whether I would buy in, uh, he got the bump from high A to double A he's 24 years old. And I, it, it seems like a flash in the pan to me. I mean, this is a guy that um, wasn't really on too many radars coming into the year. He's a 24-year-old who opened the year at high A. And, I mean, he's been great at, at double A, but it's been seven games. So a uh, guy that's kind of on the, the watch list realm, uh, but I – I really wouldn't get too excited until he gets to triple A and keeps this up because again, he is, he is 24. Um, he's listed at six two So, you know, he's going to have to hit and definitely a pop-up guy, but probably not enough yet to really buy in. Sounds like the cops are on the, the drag racers heels there, James. Yeah. That's one, one thing follows another. I'm sure one of these fighter jets is going to fly over here in a second. I actually came into the office because there was just, I don't know what they were doing below me at my house today, but they were drilling or sawing something and stopped. But I was like, if that happens during the pod, that'd be uh, pretty rough because it was very loud. That was not so bad, that little interruption. Uh, Michael Thomas wanted an update on AJ Vukovic. Do you have anything for us on uh, Vukovic's end? Yeah, I guess cautiously optimistic about how he's doing at low A. I was lower on him going into the draft just because he's massive, like 6'5", and he even like looks bigger than that. I mean, he's just a massive dude. And, uh, 19 he's, years old. Yeah, he's 19 years old. Like I'm usually going to just kind of fade a guy with that type of body uh, until he gives me a reason not to. And, yeah, he's striking out a decent amount. Um, but he's producing and, you know, so far so good. I think I'd be pumping the brakes. I wouldn't be getting too excited just yet, but if he does this after a promotion to high A, then I think he could get pretty excited and he'll probably get that shot later in the year. Wisconsin guy, huh? East Troy, Wisconsin. Yep. That a boy. Very nice. Uh, now Russell W wanted to know about Toronto shortstop, Kevin Smith. Boring name, but is he a boring player? James. Yeah, so Smith got as high as number 72 overall on the top 400 back in 2018. And then he just had a disaster of a 2019 and fell off the rankings completely. 
and it's not not dissimilar i guess from like the kansas city guys like uh, nick prado and mj melendez where just a horrible 2019 led to them falling off we didn't see him at all really in 2020 so you don't really know like is this guy getting better we have no real real clue and then he shows up this year and he's really producing a triple a uh, the hard hit data is not that great on Kevin Smith at AAA, but he's walking a decent amount. Um, you know, I mean, probably in that org, he's going to be capped as like a utility guy because they just have so many options at the positions he plays. But, you know, he could be trade bait at the deadline this year. I think you could probably get something decent for him, uh, just given how close he is to the majors. And if he were to be traded to a more of a rebuilding club uh, and were to get an opportunity, I think he'd be interesting, especially in OBP leagues. He's got a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. Yeah, he's got 11 homers and 10 bags already in 44 games at AAA this year. Only caught once on the base paths, Kevin Smith. Not Kevin with an A, by the way. So you don't get confused and pick up the uh, the catcher who's – I don't even know if he's in baseball anymore. But Yeah, and he's the – there's another Kevin Smith spelled – his way too, and this is the Kevin Smith who was born in '96. Yeah, 24 years old. I, I know a certain team in the Midwest that could use a shortstop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course, in his current org, the question of where he will play pretty prevalent. And uh, what would you guys be interested in trading for Miguel Rojas if you were running the Reds? And uh, probably not. That's, I mean, I, think, I don't know how many how many years he's under control for. Um, but I could see maybe trading a guy like Sonny for a Kevin Smith. The uh, <laughs> so you want you want Kevin on. Smith, but you don't want Miguel Rojas, who's like actually performed in the majors. Hey, I need something to dream on. I need something <laughs> okay. to dream on. Um, uh, let me look up how Miguel Rojas's contract situation. I know this is great podcasting and radio, but. Uh, he's a free agent after this year, Miguel Rojas. I guess the Reds are competitive, so maybe that would work. But I wouldn't want to, you know, give up much. I bet I bet Miguel Rojas would rank in the top five on the Reds' position players in WAR this year. Ouch, ouch! But yeah, that's maybe true. Now Taylor wanted to know what you make of Tucker Bradley in the Royals system. Uh, this one, I'm. I'm pretty confident this one is probably nothing. Uh, he's put up crazy numbers in the lower levels, but, you know, I mean, you can kind of figure it out for yourself if you look at the sample size and the BABIP and the fact that he's 23 and he's he's only played at low A and high A. Like, the, the numbers look nice on the surface. I, I doubt there's much going on here, but um, you know, we'll see. You can keep keep the name filed away, but I wouldn't go adding him. Aaron Stoltenberg wants to know what you think uh, the top five prospects will look at look like heading into twenty twenty three. That's a tough one. Yeah, Hard this is my favorite question that anyone ahead. asked. I love nice. this question. Uh, so, if I had to guess, I would say Noel V. Marte, Marco Luciano, Corbin Carroll. Jason Dominguez and Elijah Green, who is a prep outfielder in Florida, who will probably be the number one overall pick next year. Um, 
Elijah Green. I mean, if you're in leagues with an unlimited player universe, uh, I would just go at him right now. Uh, but you know, all all four of those or all five of those guys, with the exception of Marco Luciano, have big time power and big time speed. And Luciano's got you know the pedigree, track record, uh, power potential to kind of overcome the lack of speed. So. Uh, I'm guessing Corbin Carroll still have his eligibility heading into 2023. I'm pretty confident that Marte and Luciano and Dominguez will, and obviously Green will, since he'll just been drafted. But uh, that that'd be my best guess as to what the top five looks like. Jason Dominguez made his pro debut in the week since we last talked, James. I saw it's just insane how some people are. Like I saw he was off to a slow start <laughs> for like two games. Somebody actually published that on some uh, site. He went he went over three in his first game, so he's off to a slow start. Yeah, that's just crazy, man. You got to cut the kid some slack. This guy's going to be under the microscope. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's eighteen now. Can you imagine? Yeah, you know, this rise is going to be documented so closely, and the hype is going to be just uh, otherworldly by the time he's uh, on the verge. Um, now, where are we at here, Dennis Brant? I believe, yeah. He wanted to know how quickly Mick Abel can ascend to the majors based on his dominance thus far. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think probably as quickly as as Dennis would like me to say. I mean, if everything went absolutely perfectly from a performance and a health standpoint with Abel, you're maybe looking at an early 2023 debut. Like he's gonna. At best, he's going to split this year between low A and high A. And then next year, maybe high A, double A, triple A, something like that. But, I mean, it's it's just as likely to me that he blows out his arm prior to debuting than that he debuts before 2023. So, um, you know, I, I just would tread tread carefully there. I mean, he's still a 19 year old pitcher who throws really hard. So just, just be careful with how excited you get there. Here's a good one from the Ulysses sect. Uh, wanted us to grade these future SPs, Alec Manoa, Max Meyer, Shane Boz, George Kirby, Daniel Lynch. Um, that's tough. You know, Manoa has been a little disappointing and I uh, actually, I don't want to like name drop who it was, but I was chatting with somebody my DMs, you know, somebody wanted to maybe look to make a dynasty trade. And I suggested just offering, especially if you're in a win now mode, which this person was, uh, and they were looking to add some, some pitching help offering a guy like George Kirby for Zach Wheeler straight up. And that actually got the deal done. So I think, you know, I kind of, you know, I know Kirby's one of your top ranked pitching prospects, but, um, you always make the point just, fade these guys generally if you can like if, if any of these guys turn out to be zach wheeler when you're over the moon about it yeah totally i mean if you're competing in any kind of dynasty league you should trade any pitching prospect for a guy like zach wheeler mm -hmm. uh and not think twice about it um with these pitching prospects i would rank them manoa uh manoa Meyer, Boz, Kirby, that's that's kind of a tough one to order. Um, I think Manoa is the clear top guy. Daniel Lynch is the clear bottom guy. And then I'd, I'd maybe go Meyer, Boz, Kirby, but 
you know, the, those three, I would guess those three will be within 10 spots of each, all within 10 spots of each other on the next update. So you could ask me any day and I might give you a different order on Meyer, Boz, Kirby, but definitely Manoa first, definitely Lynch last. Checking in on Boz. He took the hill three days ago, looked like 10 Ks, only two hits, a lot over five scoreless against uh, and, Jacksonville. Uh, I don't think we have gotten to speak since I did this, but you know I got my stash on in, in Stake League with Boss. Oh, no. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous now. <laughs> That's a good I one. Knew I, I knew I had to act fast. with. Uh, did you get him at $0? I think I did a I was traveling Friday morning, so I didn't. I just set my line. I didn't really look at what everybody else did, but okay, yeah, that's a nice one, man. I, I do think we probably see him, especially with Glass now. Who knows? Yeah, you know? and the way the way these pitching prospects are performing this year, I mean, he'll probably just push me over the edge, right? Like, I mean, he's gonna just set the world on fire as soon as he gets yeah, up. Well, that's been the case with all the prospects, <laughs> pitching or hitting. <laughs> Franco's gone cold again. Um, it's a tough game, and this has been a year that's offered a painful reminder that. You're not everybody's a superstar right away, uh, like the Acunas and the Bobachets of the world. That that Blue Jays offense, by the way, is just unreal. If you just drafted Blue Jays this year, you'd have been. You know how uh, great. Shape. You know how nasty that Blue Jays offense is. Is that I benched Yusei Kikuchi this week Ooh, uh, yeah, in in most of my leagues, and when you bench a guy that good against an <laughs> offense like. Look at uh, borderline A's. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, David Scott, don't want to leave anybody out here, so we'll get to all these. David Scott wanted to know who we're most excited to see in action now that rookie ball has started. Um, well, Dominguez, uh, Edbert Perez. Edbert Perez on his MILB page says he's on the 60-day IL, which hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't really dig anything up to get any details on that. There's a video on the Brewers player developmental account of him hitting a homer like a week ago. So maybe he just recently got hurt or something, but uh, if Edward Perez were healthy for the Brewers, he'd be up there. And then Wilman Diaz of the Dodgers, those would probably be my top three just because they're all international guys that we've never seen play stateside. And most of the best recent draftees were assigned to low A um isaiah green probably the best guy that wasn't assigned to low a uh but those would be the guys that i'm most excited to see that's real quick um did you you get a chance to check out the futures game rosters and they're they're having that the same day as the draft right (laughs) day one of the draft anyway uh Uh, honestly no i've I've just been so wrapped up in getting ready for that draft i mean I saw like Nick Lodolo was on there, Bobby Witt. So it should be a fun game. Um, they better yeah. not this 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 better not become an annual thing where they do the draft at the All Star break because it's just so stupid on it's, so many levels. It's brutal. Uh, but yeah, I know you're putting in a lot of work so that we'll have great coverage of that. Uh, now let's look here. Jeff Williamson wanted to know our thoughts uh, or your thoughts, James, on my, Matt Walner. Matt Walner's upside and possible role with the Twins. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a classic right field profile, huge power, uh, good arm, uh, strikes out too much, 
So maybe he can be a, you know, one of those, you know, hits 240 and hits like 30 homers. Maybe he could be that type of guy for them in right field. But even that I think would be a pretty solid outcome. Uh, could just be one of those guys who just doesn't hit enough uh, to get to that power in games, but uh, he's been performing at, at high a, uh, I know, I think he's on the IL right now uh, with a wrist sprain, but um, you know, so far so good in terms of just the stats you'll see on like the back of a baseball card. But I mean, the strikeout rate, 38%, small sample, but that obviously needs to come down for a 23 year old at high a. Bored and lazy on Twitter, who I know is a big fan of super mega baseball, the series. Nice. Uh, wanted to know your thoughts on O'Neill Cruz. He seems like he's been a riser, right? Yeah, he will be a pretty big riser on the next update for sure. Um, just a big, big man, big specimen. Six. Seven. He just, yeah, he just keeps hitting, and I still have my doubts about whether he can do this against big league pitching, but. Uh, hasn't really reached a level yet that he couldn't handle and he's still 22. He's at double a, which is, which is fine, especially for a guy that's as big as he is. And he, he was never going to be a guy that was going to fly through the system and get to the majors at like 21 uh, or even 22. So I don't really hold his age against him. And, you know, so far so good. I, he's got 10 bags too. Uh, only been thrown out twice. And given how, long he is and how big his wingspan is he could be pretty good at stealing bases so uh very good start to, of the year for for Cruz. maybe now is a good time to trade him uh but i mean the ceiling's really high yeah i know you like what you've seen from the the pirates and their new regime and how they've handled things and kind of turn that organization around and maybe they deserve some credit for you know, the continued development of O'Neill Cruz because I was, I thought, yeah, just too long of levers, too big of a strike zone. Just it would be hard for this guy to uh, make enough contact and hold up. I mean, these big lumbering guys, it's hard to hold up for a full season. But I'm, I'll give I'll give Cruz credit. Like he's got one of the shorter swings that is probably humanly possible at that height. Uh, he's good at at keeping his his hands in and making quick contact so maybe he pulls it off it's just it's gonna be a tough profile to pull off random question james but do you know if there are any batting cages here in madison wisconsin we should go to the the cages sometimes for a little there's a humble pie <laughs> for myself uh, um yeah vitens has them oh do um, okay yeah uh, i need to go take some cuts last time i did it was just yeah it was a nice old slice of humble pie i really need to hard. The last time I took cuts in the cages, I think I had to find like the 55 mile an hour one um, that they had like, you know, up to like 75 and then like 65, 55. And then I think there's like a 45. I didn't want to get into the 45 because I didn't want to just be the, the only adult hitting in the 45. But, uh, you know, yeah, f- 55 is good. where I had to be uh, just from a bat speed standpoint i just couldn't couldn't get around on 65 i remember i went you know with my brother maybe five years ago maybe at like a little putt putt place or something we took some cuts and i was like yeah let's do this and then it was just like you know that clip of that one guy in the cage where it's like 
swinging he's behind every pitch. Um, you probably seen that clip on Twitter somewhere, and that's basically what I was. I could not even really make contact. It, so. it to to the like to the dads out there that might be listening or the moms like uh if you if you got a young kid who's who's into baseball and you want to have him get get good in a hurry take him to the cages that that like when i was like 10 or 11 uh my dad took me to the cages um like a few weeks in a row and i just got so much better in mm. such a short amount of time just by the reps man the the reps and like you just if you see the velocity at that level, like enough, you'll, you'll eventually be able to time it and, and catch up to it. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, definitely, definitely hit the cages up this summer. If you've got a, a young, uh, child who's into baseball. Yeah. I wanted to just, uh, well, I want to go to our spot here in Madison that has the, the wiffle ball. Oh yeah. That's maybe, the best. I want to do that, but I also just want to, I want to go enough to work and at least make contact here and there. <laughs> because I can't be, you know, grown man not being able to take some cuts and put put bat to ball. Um, real quick here, we'll do rapid fire with these comments here. Jaron Duran, Julio Rodriguez, uh, Nino wanted to know: Do we expect a call up? I'd say Julio Rodriguez. That's pretty much off the table for this year. He did get bumped up to Double A, didn't he? But uh, Duran, do you expect to see him pretty soon? Um. Kind of think it's after the Olympics, so probably maybe you know September or something like that. Uh, it seems like they want him in cases to to do the Olympics, but um, I mean it's just it's not a good time to be stashing. I mean, hmm. Jared Kelnick, and then after that, like Luis Patino might be the second best stash behind Kelnick and he's no longer prospect eligible. Uh, I think if the Mariners had any interest in Julio Rodriguez playing in the majors this year, he doesn't open at high. A. So yeah, uh, it's really unfortunate, but, and then they've made it so how, obvious, you know, they've right. told us what they're going to do. They, they told us exactly how they were going to manipulate these guys service time and they had it on tape and they got busted, but they just did everything they yeah, said they were going to do. They didn't anyway. force their hand at all. They just no. went ahead and did it anyway. Um, I would, I will say, actually, Cal Raleigh, um, who we, I think we mentioned last week, uh, he's a worthwhile stash in two catcher leagues. Um, yeah, I remember you mentioned Cal Raleigh. Uh, now, Ryan Roof, our buddy who runs the closer grid here at Rotowire, he's a Cleveland guy. Wanted to know if Xavion Curry's on your radar. Any chance he debuts in the top 400 this season? Yeah, you know, I looked into him prior to the last update. Uh, just didn't think there was quite enough there to, to bump him in. Um, you know, Cleveland, that's obviously a great org for uh, pitching prospects. I, I would say yes, he probably does hop onto the top 400 uh, as long as he stays healthy. Um, I know there's there's some kind of relief concerns there, but he might be might be kind of putting those on hold for now. Um, so yeah, definitely a nice start to the year for him. Awesome, man! I think that covers everything. Then we got through a lot of Twitter questions. Thanks to everybody who chimed in and and uh, provided some great questions for the show today. Anything else on your mind before we pick our walk up songs, James? Uh, just actually one more name. Uh, this guy sent me a, someone sent me a DM about 
Oscar Gonzalez with Cleveland. Uh, I don't know if he wanted it on the, the pod or not, but um, Gonzalez used to be a favorite of mine. He was ranked for most of 2018 and some of 2019. Uh, he's been unpicked in the Rule 5 draft, I think, a couple times now, but he's just tearing up double-A. He's still just 23. Uh, he's always going to be kind of a aggressive hitter who's not going to walk a ton, but uh, his hard hit rate right now on our site is like 40%, which is awesome for someone at double A. And uh, so Oscar Gonzalez is a guy to, to go at in, in your deeper leagues. Awesome. Well, we appreciate all the insight as always. Can't wait to um, we'll follow along with all the content you've produced for the draft. And uh, we'll have a lot of this going up. Well, every note going up live in real time after the selection is made. Definitely check out rotowire.com slash try for a 10-day trial. James, for my walk-up song this week, I know I said a few weeks ago that I wasn't going to try to get too commercial with it, but I can't help myself with this one. Uh, When I was driving, I had actually, not the official song, but the Lil Wayne squad-up freestyle over it, over Nappy Roots' Aw Naw. Uh, Oh, wow. I'll probably just go with the, just the uh, Aw Naw instrumental if i can but man that's a great beat and yeah kind of commercial but you know what I, commercial's fine you know. it's not commercial in a bad way no it's, no it's commercial in a good way yeah commercial in a bad way you, you know when you know when you see it like it's not a it's not a dj Khaled track yeah like it's like snoop and pharrell like you'll, you'll <laughs> just know when you see it and Nappy Roots, you know, all and all kind of got that at that point. But that's actually a really good beat. And, um, yeah, if you haven't heard the Lil Wayne squad up freestyle over that, check it out because uh, Wheezy Wee, as always, you know, kills it. And that's a, that's a good one. I think it's a good walk-up song just given how it starts. So give me all and all. What you got this week? I'm going to go with my second Wu-Tang song. Um of this playlist and Surprise it's not a, a yeah uh it's it's actually again it's not a uh not a wu-tang as a group song but it's it's a method man track off of uh off of his second album uh judgment day and uh dangerous ground will be my submission you know, I remember when I got to Cal 2000 Judgment Day, I was pretty disappointed, but I need to give it another chance, I think. It's it's not great. It's yeah. not a it's not a deep album. But, but it's got there's like standards. there's like three there's like three or four really good tracks on there and then the rest is just trash, but um. <laughs> I was a big Method Man guy and I know I kind of turned on him, but I I apologized. You guys have you guys have made up. We've I made think. up. I was, I think it was that drop the mic show on TBS that kind of, you know, led to a little, cool. little beef between us for a short period. You we can't squash you can't, the beef. Yeah, you can't hold it against a guy who's just just trying to get a paycheck. You know. Oh, I know. I I don't blame him one bit, but I just, uh, I guess I still was holding Judgment Day a little bit against him because I was, you know, after Tikal. I, I thought he was about to take off, and then he just kind of fizzled. I mean, not completely. The Rock Wilder. Was great, and what was that album called with uh, Red Man? Uh, Blackout, Lights, uh, Blackout. That's what it was. But uh, he just never recaptured those same heights after the disappointment of uh, Judgment Day. 
Well, James, anything else you want to mention before we sign off today? Uh, no, I, I am hoping to get the, it's not going to, I'm not going to have a first year player draft top 100 ready anytime soon, but I should have a top, top 40, top 50, something like that. Um, that can go up on the site before the draft. And then, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be wild these next couple of weeks, 4th of July and the Vegas trip and the draft and everything. But um, so I'm, I'm going to take my time before releasing that big top 400 update after the draft because I just don't want to shortchange people on that. But uh, that should be coming a little bit after the draft, maybe like third week of July, something like that. We appreciate the insights. Uh, you all out there, be good to yourselves and hope you'll join us next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. <laughs>